Welcome back to Brain Body Movement, the podcast for those interested in everything nutrition, training, and mindset. I'm one of your hosts, Brad, and I'll be joined by my co-host, Brock. Today was a Q&A where we answered three questions they got sent to us through social media. Question number one, do you always program full body, even for four, five, six day a week programs? Question number two, what are some tips for approaching social media events whilst dieting? And question number three, what are some signs your calories are too low during a cup? That was in the back half of the show. And in the front half, we spoke about negative side effects of grudges and hate, working on becoming secure, social media and its effects, mindset when dieting, my six-week challenge, and a few random facts. All right, enjoy the show. Hatred is a curse that does not affect the hated. It only poisons the hater. Release a grudge as if it was a poison. Now, I've never heard hatred described as a poison before. But I really, really like it. So hate, holding a grudge, you can probably add seeking revenge, all in that same category of uh, of being a poison. And I feel as though it's more harmful to the person that's holding onto the hatred, holding onto the grudge, seeking revenge than it is to the other person because they're completely oblivious to it. They're just going about their life, doing their thing. <laughs> they're not even aware of that hatred and anger and that's fueling you Mm -hmm. so it's probably more harmful to yourself like just let it go remove it like a a poison um i've i've never heard it be called a poison before Mm. but i really really like it so yeah just realize the effect it's it's having on you your emotions your thoughts the way you interact with people like let it go Mm. Uh, you you sung it beautifully in london uh when i walked past your bedroom and frozen was playing let it go (laughs) You just gotta let it go, mate. Yeah, grudges, poison. It's a, it's a strong word. Hatred, isn't it? Like really, very hating, strong word. Hating something, and they don't, they don't give a fuck. Like you can hate <laughs> no. them all they want. It doesn't yeah. hurt them. Like you can say all the words, whatever. They're just gonna go home. They're not even gonna remember you, and you're gonna be at home still thinking about it. And it's only like I think poison is a great word for it as well because it slowly can kill you over time just like poison can as well just a little bit by little bit and then eat away at you and yeah the other person's just like got no idea no clue whatsoever and you're there just like oh this person I absolutely hate him absolutely hate him for whatever whatever they did or whatever happened it's easy for us to say oh just just let it go as uh as you would say, but it it's not moving you forward in life, holding on to something because it's already happened. So I think also another way to look at it is don't let it hurt you twice. So say someone has done something to you. So say it's like, um, say with relationship or something, right? And your partner at the time cheats on you, right? That's a very, very bad thing and it would definitely hurt you. So no doubt you would want to like hate them for that and hold a grudge against them or whatever it is. But then it may affect you in future relationships and you're like, I'm not dating because I know this person's going to cheat on me or whatever because you're you're thinking of what has happened in the past and now it's hurting you again. So it's like twice as bad because... It's like hurt you then, now it's hurt you in the future. Whereas if you had let go of that and 
that's their shit that they have to deal with. It's it's probably not on you. It's probably something within them that is going on and that's why they've done it. And now you're not with them. So moving forward, don't let that drag into your next relationships. And I know it would be hard. I know it can be hard. But like, don't let it fuck you over twice is basically what I'm trying to say here. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And that hit that hits home with me a little bit. Like uh, they're, they're not letting it affect you twice. So like uh, being scorned by someone in a certain scenario and then not wanting to put yourself in that scenario again, even though it's just like a situation that you want to be in, whether it, it could just be like a, you're, you're playing sport as part of a team and something gets said about you in that team or there's a behavior that happens in that team from just one particular person and it just puts you off team sport again, even though you love, you have that competitive drive, that competitive nature, and you really want to play a team sport, just to put another analogy on it. And you're stopping yourself from doing something you love because of like one individual's past behavior. Mm-hmm. And so it's hurting you a second time. So yeah, just just let it go. It's it's hard to do though. It's a, it's a skill. Like it's a skill to be able to drop it and move on. Um and this is something that I used to really really struggle with. I I was a terrible terrible for holding grudges um and would try and do like little sly things or manipulative things to sort of seek revenge. Uh but it's something that very quickly I have got out of my life and now any sort of um sort of negativity I'm very easy to cut. And I can be, I may have gone the opposite direction with it for quite a period of time. So, you know, the, the whole pendulum analogy where I was holding grudges, holding grudges, holding grudges, and then I've gone the opposite direction and it's just, I'm letting it go completely and just cutting things completely. So I'm gradually coming back to the middle and I'll, I'm, I'll hopefully find a homeostasis, but yeah, you've got to, got to let things go and, and move on, but not to the point where you let things go and you're like, okay, I want nothing to do with that in the future. And it's hurting you a second time Mm. yeah because if you do go the other way then it's like well maybe you didn't have to let them go like it could have just been like they didn't even mean what they said or whatever and it's so easy just to go no fuck you and then goodbye (laughs) like i I, so when me and um this is went up to queensland we um were in this like pool having a few drinks or whatever and we met like these three other couples and stuff and one of the guys looked like Ricky Gervais. And I said that to him. I was like, bro, you look like Ricky Gervais. And he took offense to it. Like not directly, but because he was a little bit like on the bigger side and stuff. But it was mainly his face as well. And then he didn't come back like all night because he was upset about it. And that's just something that obviously there's he has a lot of issues maybe he needs to deal with from something as insignificant as that what I think is insignificant, but maybe to him it's like huge, but Mm -hmm. that could be like, nah, fuck you, I don't want to do this. And now it's like not allowing him to be with like his partner and their friends just over something that could easily just be brushed off if he was maybe a little bit more secure or at least knowing that, oh, it was just like some some random bloke that (laughs) thinks that I look like Ricky Gervais. (laughs) <laughs> you know what I mean? You you are uh, you do have this thing for pointing out people that look uh <laughs> that yeah, I do, don't I? You, you do it a lot. You're like, oh you look like so and so. Greg Yon, Knuckles. Yondu. <laughs> Greg Yondu. Knuckles, Yondu. Yeah. <laughs> That's true, I but, do. 
but yeah, you gotta you gotta uh, tread carefully because you don't know how secure or insecure someone is. Um, yeah, you're coming from a place where I could yeah. say you look you look like a toad, and you'd be like, yeah, whatever, man. Mm. Um, on on this front, I was listening to this guy speak the other day, and he was saying, uh, talking about like that whole being secure in yourself and everything, and he was saying to uh, this lady, um, who had long hair, he's like, oh, if I came up to you. And I was long brown hair. Sorry, should I say? Um, he's like, if I came up to you and I was like, "Oh, you have really shit short blue hair," you'd probably look at me really confused because you know that you don't have short blue hair. So when you're secure in yourself and who you are, you know your values, you know how you want to live your life, you know how you treat people, you know what sort of nature you are, and everything, and you're secure in that. Someone can say something from the very small sample size that they know you. You'd known this guy for what? couple of hours not even it was like <laughs> yeah. 15 minutes yeah. 10 minutes <laughs> not even classic like, brad <laughs> you know me i just say straight out okay. um but when you're securing yourself and, and you know that like you don't have short blue hair for example it's like water off a duck's back because you're like that's not me mm-hmm. that that doesn't affect affect me whatsoever so it it does come down to someone's insecurities or how secure they are within themselves but everyone's different and on in it on a different point of their journey in their level of security within themselves so it's a really really it's a hard field to play but i'm always on team brad of just say it (laughs) (laughs) yeah it is yeah it i guess it depends like that's obviously after i've had a few drinks and that like um, classic brad yeah but it's in saying that with like being secure with yourself it depends on like you know the attachment styles and stuff like you've got Mm. secure like insecure, um, what is it? Anxious, like, avoidant. Anxious, avoided, and all that kind of stuff. And you can learn to be a little bit more secure and that's what we want to try and, I guess, strive for when we raise kids or whatever um, is for that more secure attachment. So I think like it can be learned, but it's like over a long period of time and thinking that you would just get it over in one afternoon is a little bit delusional, if you ask me. Um, so it is like a muscle; you got to work at it, and uh, that's why you're listening to this podcast. You got to, you got to work out the muscles, but you also got to work out that, I guess, attachment of like what what you are like, and are you getting triggered by certain people or what certain people are saying, and even if it's on social media and that, and then it's just like, fuck this person, and you need to leave a comment. And then you, you just get in these like late at night and you're just like, fuck you. Like, I know it's going to get a response, but I'm just going to say it anyway. I don't care. And then say maybe a week after when you've like calmed down and you look back and you're like, fuck, probably shouldn't have said that. It's like, that's a like, it's from that stimulus to response, try and increase that gap. So then you're not acting so, what's the word? Impulsive with, with your, uh, with your words. And I think didn't Twitter have some, uh, thing now when you press post it says are you sure you need you want to post this and it gives you like a timer no. have you heard that I, I i posted on twitter yesterday and okay. i didn't see anything like that so so i heard someone talk about that maybe it's like a twitter blue feature or something or maybe you could do it in your settings or something i wonder but... if they're they're siphoning through for specific words mm. so like if if in the post they're they're getting some sort of algorithm to look through <laughs> for specific words that may trigger people and then That's it's true. like, are you sure you want to yeah. post this? 
Yeah. Because I was just posting something about like uh, changing your habits. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's the way you ultimately make change in your life because you're some of your total habits. So mine mine had nothing like that could potentially be taken as like a yeah, trigger fuck to someone. habits or something. Like. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I wonder if that's what it is. If they're if they're if it, they're scanning through the text mm. and looking for specific words or or whatnot. I think so. maybe, yeah, they may be. Maybe, maybe I might jump on and uh, try something that may be a bit triggering and and <laughs> see if we get that see if we get that response and then quickly delete it afterwards. <laughs> I, I, I don't want any negativity coming my way. Um, on that social media front, so last week, sorry, last weekend, um, before I took my brother to the festival, I had a few conversations, one with a uh, mate that was up from Brisbane for um, a mate's birthday, and then another with one of my mate's partners. And it was on the front of social media. So the first one happened, and it was just very blasé. Um, and my mate said, uh, I've recently deleted Snapchat, Facebook, Instagram, he goes, it's been a month now. And he goes, honestly, I'm the happiest I've been in years. And I was like, okay, that's very interesting. That's a, that's the, the fact that he's wanting to vocalize this, it must have had a profound impact on his life. And then the conversation I had with a, a mate's partner was talking about the pressures that she feels from social media of uh, having to look a certain standard, having to uh, post regularly or whatever it may be, or uh, look a certain way. Um, and I was like, oh, wow, that's like, that's quite profound like it's not something i experienced from social media anyway from those two conversations i, I took it of of like brad's talked about ha- having a social media break before maybe it's something that i should do myself so i took a week off social media and there was a few things that are like i really really noticed i was less distracted in my general conversation so like if i was having conversations with someone there wasn't like that is my phone going to go off in my pocket because my phone stayed on do not disturb pretty much the entire week I was out in nature a lot more. Like I didn't feel as as owning a personal training business, I feel a bit of a pressure to post regularly to try and gain a following to grow an online business. Mm. So I feel that feel that pressure. That pressure was completely relieved from the week and I spent more time out in nature rather than thinking of content, writing captions, whatever it may be. Um, I had more clarity in my thoughts. So like the way I wanted to articulate words in conversations, what I wanted to do with my week, I had a lot more more clarity. And that all came from eliminating social media. So moving forward, I've just set a few boundaries for myself. There's like no aimlessly scrolling. Um, there's just a few things that I put in place. But I think this could be a great tool for someone moving forward. I know you're listening to us on a social media platform, but I don't see podcasts as one of the more, um, one that has as many side effects as like a, an Instagram, a TikTok, a Snapchat, um, because you can do things productive whilst listening to a podcast. Mm. You can you can educate yourself, whereas it's pretty damn hard to educate yourself for just swiping your thumb on TikTok or Instagram. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna set boundaries around that. Uh, put my time into podcasts and try and like batch the content that I create for my own social media. In like, I'll do it in this two hour time frame on a weekend, and then bang, schedule it. It's done. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to bring that up and, and it could be something that well that I would recommend that most people do just taking some time away seeing how it affects you but having some sort of reflective practice in the day-to-day and looking back and going I didn't reach my phone at this point and honestly that's one of the biggest thing I noticed like I could walk away with my phone and I was like I'm, I'm not posting to social media today I'm not I'm not scrolling this week I'm taking time away from social media and 
I wasn't reaching for my phone. Like mm. usually in the case of boredom or whatever it may be, I may just grab my phone and just like have a, a scroll and that scroll can turn into five minutes and that five minutes, 10 times a day adds up. So yeah, it's something I wanted to bring up and something I recommend most people do is just take like a social media fast and just see how you feel, but have a reflective practice during that, whether it's a journal, checking in with a friend, checking in with a partner and just see how it may affect you positively or negatively. Mm. So I love social media fast. Like, yeah, I know. No, no. I know I'm you like, do. Yeah. I'm like pretty well on one nearly all the time, to be honest. <laughs> and um, it's, I have a lot of anxiety as well sometimes of like, I'll go, all right, today I'm going to post. And then it gets to like two, three, four, and I've got all this shit I've still got to do. And I'm like, not, not going to do it. And then it can build up. So having that time, no, I'm just not going to post for this long. And then I'll get one out when I can is a very good like relief for you as well. And then I don't know how, I'd love to know your journey throughout, what was it, a week or 10 days, did you say? Uh, uh, of, a week, yeah. A week, yep. Of, of just how you see things instead of like, like experience them instead of like, oh, how can I capture this moment right now in social media? Like, how can I use this as content instead of just doing it for the hell of it as well? I'd love to know, like, I, I used, were you still doing that? Or were you like, nah, not going to film this? Or I'll film this, have it for later. I just don't need to worry about uh, posting on socials. Or how did you kind of work through that? Because it is there is pressure Um and I still deal with this as well. I think we can definitely go deeper on this, which I'm happy to go towards. But I'd like to know first from you of like how you kind of went around, I guess, going through life and not having to worry about, okay, is is this good content or is this not? So uh, first of all, I feel you on the, the anxiety front. I'm really torn between this post regularly, trying to grow a following, try and get my sole business purely online rather than working in a gym and then completely isolating myself from social media and just staying off it and not worrying about it. Mm-hmm. So I was a very late adopter to Instagram for that reason because I had Facebook and I realized how much time I was aimlessly scrolling on Facebook. So I went the first four to five years of Instagram without Instagram, like in its existence. I just didn't download it because I was like, I do not want this. And then it's when I was traveling and living in London that I was like, hey, I'd kind of like to be able to document this. Then when I came back and started my business, it was like, okay, I'm going to use this as a business card to try and promote myself. And I might show a little bit of my life here and there, but it's mainly like a business card trying to grow some sort of presence online. So I'm I'm really torn between those two. As for living my day-to-day life, there was a few occasions, like there was a really beautiful sunset. I filmed a really beautiful sunset and then put my phone down and was stuck in it. It wasn't like, oh, I didn't get the perfect shot. I just did it once and then moved on. There was a couple of times throughout the week. So... I do Fun Socks Friday, as I'm sure you're probably aware of. Of I took the photo, I took my photo and then put it down and didn't post it until like later that night. So I was still doing things and taking photos of things, but it wasn't for the sole purpose of quickly getting it on social media. I still filmed a few of, actually, no, I didn't train that week, but I still like, I filmed, I filmed a walk that I was on and I was like, oh, this is really beautiful. Filmed it. And then phone went straight back in my pocket and I was just bang straight back in the moment. So that's what I noticed the big difference was, was I was actually more immersive in the present rather than trying to show what I was doing online. And like, 
I think that's when I was talking to my, my mate's partner, I think that's more where she was coming from. She's like, Oh, I feel like I've got to meet a certain standard or create this persona online of how I live my life. And that's not truly how I live my life, but it's how it's seen in society and it's just a societal norm. She's like, I don't want to live my life that way. So I'm just going to stay off it. I'm like, I, I love that. And I, I fully respect that. Her being aware of like, that's not who I am at my core. So I'm not going to do that. And she's just removed herself from it rather than feeling societal pressure of like, you should be doing these sort of things. So yeah, I, I still, I think it might've been three or four times. I think throughout the week. So there was the socks, there was two sunsets and there was a walk that I was on. So three times out in nature. And it was just, I wanted to capture it for the sake of this is really beautiful. I may look back on it in the, in the future and be like, Oh, this was a nice moment. Mm. Uh, but that's the only time <clears throat> I really grabbed my phone and tried to capture anything during that whole week period. I went to, I went to that, the festival, Grooving, Grooving the Moon. Mm. Um, I didn't get my phone out of my pocket once. Mm. You don't really have festivals anyway, do you? That's yeah. pretty that's pretty standard for me anyway, but like literally there was a there was a time um when an act was playing and I was like, Oh, well, I wonder what this song is and I was like, Oh, do I get my phone out and film it so I can look back and try and shazam the song later? And I was like, Now nah, stuff it, just be in the moment, like you're liking this song, like just go with it. Hmm. Yeah. It that's one thing that I've kind of learnt over having a lot of social media breaks is capturing moments just from video or photos just on my actual camera app instead of I know a lot of people they bring up their Instagram or their Snapchat and then capture it Mm -hmm. on that and then that makes them have to post it and hey I'm all for that it's nice and easy I want to get my filters and all that kind of shit I get that but it's like I want to take a picture of this food I got to let me get the right filter hang on hang on okay I got it oh wrong angle this isn't in the right way and it's like food's getting cold you know just take one little snap, it's all good, and you'll be right. <laughs> Who cares? No one's going to look back and go, I love that filter that you put on on that bit of food there. And I get it. Like People need to bring up, like they like to look back at their memories and all that kind of stuff. I get that. That's all good. But it's like if that's going to be taking away from like actually living in the moment as well of how can I make this look as best as possible because it's Instagram, isn't it? So it's got to be like the perfect picture or the or the perfect video. It's a highlight reel. It is a highlight reel, and you can kind of get that like uh, paralysis by analysis of every little detail has to be perfect, and then some people just don't even post at all. And I guess it, it's a form of expression as well, which is what I really like about it. But I do have hard rules of like. I don't need to post every day. I don't need to post every week. It's like the one, the one like rule we have around the podcast is is the weekly podcast, and I do enjoy that because I get to talk to you, express my feelings in long form, and I have that weight off my shoulders of it doesn't have to be perfect. Like I do edit it a little bit when we like may pause for ages when I'm thinking <laughs> forever, but other you know it's not good. It's not good radio. But it's like, <laughs> or when you when you can't pronounce a word. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean that shit goes at the end. But you know, <laughs> but I it's a it's a a more laid back kind of process of a form of expression for myself and I'm sure yourself instead of thirty seconds or however long in a in a reel. You got to get all your points across with captions, with you know the right lighting, all this kind of stuff. And it, it does take time. 
And I love how you said they're yeah, a bit of batching. And I've been saying that forever and I still haven't done it. <laughs> so who knows? It could be this background that's uh, stopped me a little bit, you know. <laughs> if you're if you're listening, it's just, I don't know if you've heard of uh, More Plates, More Dates, Derek. Basically the same background, just some wooden slats. <laughs> um, and, you know, he's doing all right. But, yeah, I think environment does play a role because um, – if you've got a nice background, it's a lot easier just fucking straightening. But again, could be just excuses that I'm telling myself. Could very much be uh, just excuses you're telling yourself. But the fact that you're aware of that is uh, is a, a big step there. So on Monday, yesterday, just uh, six weeks leading into Mitchy Boy's Barks, I've decided, you know what, I've got six weeks, Barks, and then I've got four weeks leading into Europe. So I was like, oh, I'm going to do a six-week mini-cut, see what shape I can get myself in before then. And then I am going to um, maybe see where I'm at there and then maybe do a, a four weeks there. Um, that four weeks is probably going to be more like a get myself uh, back up to maintenance and then push calories as, as high as I can during that four-week period. Um, but yeah, I'm starting a six-week mini-cut. And honestly, the key component for me with dieting and being serious about dieting is literally my mindset. So it's like, okay, I'm dieting now, bang. And then I, it, something just flicks in my brain and all my food choices are aligned. I stop saying, oh, do you want a taste of this? I stop doing that. There's just little things that I do that if I'm just going and maintain, maintaining through life or whatever it may be, I'm like, yeah, I'll have that. Yeah, let's let's go out for a meal. Let's go out for a meal there. And then as soon as I'm dieting and then I'm on, on a strict diet, my mindset completely st- shifts and I don't cut corners in the gym. My rest periods are pretty much on point. I um tracking all my lifts. I don't go, oh, I'll miss that last set of calves. Uh, I don't I don't cut corners on in, in cardio and like say five minutes on the stairmaster. Everything is just dialed in and it's literally just my mindset of like, no, you've got a you've got a specific goal, specific time frame in mind now. And I think more people need to be aware of that, that you may may not be in a position to bang, flick that mindset and be ready for a fat loss phase. So you've got to be aware of that and be like, okay, maybe now is not the right time. I'm just going to maintain for the time being, still train because I like training and I'm a health conscious person and I want to Im- improve my health and, and still get the benefits of training. I'm still going to make good food choices, but I'm not in a position now where I can go, okay, I'm going to mentally challenge myself by restricting calories. Because it, it is challenging. Like you've got to constantly say no to food and there is an abundance of delicious, amazing calorie-dense food available to us. So really think about, am I in the right position and mindset right now? Is this the right season in my life? We talk about seasons all the time. Is this the right season in my life to move into a fat loss phase? And we're both going to Europe at different stages. And we both we both know that whilst we're over there, we want to be able to eat guilt-free, have have some drinks, whatever it may be, and not think about, oh, my body composition being um, affected. So we're trying to get ourselves in the best position as possible. I'm, I know I'm speaking for you here, but we're trying to get ourselves in best position as possible so we can do that completely guilt-free. And then when we come back, it's not like, oh, I feel like crap. And there's that negative self-talk because you've enjoyed yourself on your holiday, which is the purpose of a holiday. <laughs> the purpose of a holiday is to relax, unwind, uh, and not be stuck in that regimented routine. Eat, try some new food, experience some different cultures. So, yeah, just look at where you're at and season-wise, and the mindset 
is the key component of okay now i flick the switch now i'm dieting no more excuses i just i tick my boxes and and make sure i'm in a calorie deficit i do my training sessions i hit, i hit a step target i drink sufficient water and i sleep well you do those five and you will see results but you've got to be in the right mindset to do it in the first place yeah and it's funny you say that as well because you now i said the other week um Mrs. is on holidays. So that basically means a lot more time spent with her. So uh, not as dialed as normal. So I basically go up to maintenance when when I'm with her. Um, and then that kind of just rolls into like the last week as well. So for the last three or four weeks, I've kind of been roughly sl- maybe slight deficit to maintenance and not in that mindset of like hard dieting. And it only until yesterday, now it's just like flicking the switch again. Six weeks until until Europe for me, or seven, but like six in a six in a bit. I want to kind of eat up until Europe as well. So I've got like four or five days of kind of just coming up to to baseline just to make myself yeah. feel a bit better. But yeah, same deal. Six weeks. I'm like, let's fucking go. I love. I just love the six weeks. It's it's great. Like four to six weeks. Um, nice little little cut. And yeah my mindset around it has just been like not tracked here for a few days, had a bit of alcohol here as well. Um, you know, it's like, it's hard when there's a birthday and it's a uh, 28 pubs and for 28 day for 28 year olds, you know, I didn't, you know, have too much to drink, but a few drinks were had. Let's, let's just say that. <laughs> so now it's like flicking the switch again and everything's just dialed. And it's like, there's my calories, there's my protein working out i did like you know those uh treadmills that are like curved a bit and yes. then you just yeah skill runner is that what it is i went on one of them for the first time ever yesterday after legs as well and you know How was it yeah it was it was fun it was a bit weird it was the way like you run on it but yeah i'm i'm quite enjoying running a little bit actually um didn't hurt my legs or anything so it's just just a little bit it wasn't much it wasn't maybe like five minutes <laughs> i was like <laughs> which is nothing obviously um but yeah i'm i'm quite enjoying it i i, I want to i've never felt fit like i've lifted weights and then sometimes i'll do like a little bit of cardio but i've never actually felt fit because i didn't play footy like since i was i don't know 10 or something so really young always playing like basketball footy all that so through high school, I didn't really do many sports and that, maybe kicking the footy around with all the boys and that. But other than that, I've never actually felt fit in my life. I may look fit, but I don't feel fit. And I kind of want to, the next phase of my life after this dieting, this is just like a little taster, but it's like the next phase now after I get back from from Europe is actually like, all right, let's start to introduce these kind of cardiovascular training hybrid slash not not crossfit but more like let's like introduce some more like running and rowing and stair masters and all this kind of stuff just so i don't like puff out after 30 seconds of running on the bloody skill thing <laughs> yeah I, I well you know i'm all, i'm all, i'm all for that so i do a long run i do my stair master and then i do some hit on the assault bike mm-hmm. um and there was a period of time there, probably about six months ago, where I was doing uh, four resistance training sessions. And on the fifth day, I would do like a little, I suppose like a 
Tabata-esque sort of circuit where I do like some ball slams, some sled pushes. Some, it was more like a a functional-esque base. I really don't like that word functional because any exercise you do has a function. So, mm. <laughs> um, But yeah, it was more like a, a functional-esque sort of styled hit program. And that's when I felt uh, not not my fittest because during footy, that's when you're your fittest because <laughs> you've got to keep turning up, turning up, turning up. But there's a different difference between looking fit and being fit. And it's a very big difference. So mm-hmm. if someone's walking on a bodybuilding stage, they may look fit, but I can guarantee they feel like absolute shit and they probably couldn't run a kilometer without <laughs> wanting to just completely fall over and pass out. So there's a, there is a stark difference between the two. And I think the the if you focus on the the being fit, looking fit is probably a side effect. If you focus yeah. on feeling good, looking good is probably a side effect. If you focus on moving well, looking good is probably a side effect. So <clears throat> for anyone that's trying to improve their body composition and look good, maybe stop focusing on the looking good and just focus on the the feeling good, the being fit, the moving well, the how you feel. And you'll probably get the the bonus side effect, but it's interesting you said the same thing with the mindset. Hey, I think it's a common, commonly underlooked and underappreciated aspect of attacking a dieting phase. Now, there is something that I wanted to touch on there regarding you saying you really like the six week thing. So similar to me being really torn between posting on social media regularly all the time, spending time there trying to grow a business, and just staying off it and just being um, like social media fasting. I have the same thing when it comes to like six, eight, 10, 12, however long it is challenges. They can be really, really great for getting people started, creating habits, building momentum. But on the, on the other side of the coin, it's like it implies that there's an end date and there's no end date to your health and fitness. Like it's a lifelong journey and pursuit. Mm-hmm. So I know that you've done or are currently enrolling for people to do like a six week um, little mini cut or experiment if you will i just want to know your mindset on why you've gone for six weeks Mm -hmm. um is it like a is it six weeks because you just want it to be short rapid and and see how quickly you can get results with people or is it six weeks because you've only got six weeks to europe so you're like i've got to fit it all in before then or like where what's the mindset behind six weeks and why did you decide to actually do like a a challenge sort of sort of thing i'm just curious yeah yeah for sure so I think six weeks is a good amount of time for people of like, oh, it's six weeks. I think I could get it done in six weeks. Whereas like 12 weeks can seem just a little too far. And in past when we've done eight-week challenges, around that five or six-week mark as well, you start to have a little dip and people fall off. Obviously, everyone's different, but that's what I found running eight-week challenges as well at my old gym. So I think six weeks is just enough to go, okay, I think I can do this and still enough time to see some results. So I was talking um, with one of the, um, I guess, participants, you could say, that's been enrolled this morning of how it's going to actually happen. And it's not, it's, it's a lot different. Like I was on the phone for like 45 minutes, just like going through how everything's going to work, if they've got any questions and stuff. And I'm, it's not six weeks cut as well the first two weeks is actually i want to see where you're at i want to just like the 
the the first two weeks challenge is basically all I want you to eat is whole foods, but also still track your calories. So I know where you're at. I still want you to track your uh, your sleep, your your steps, um, your weight as well. And then I can see where your maintenance is is at. Even if you lose weight, I can still work out how much from how much you've lost and where your maintenance is to then go into a four week diet, basically more like and more and aggressive back, more aggressive diet. And it's only four weeks as well. And it's also that two weeks is also a, I guess it's a filter of like, can you stick with this? What's your mindset around it? I also just let them know that this is, you have the unconditional permission to eat anything you want, just not everything. And if you feel like um, it's too restrictive, you're not ready for the aggressive diet at all. And then we we cut it off there until we work through it a bit more of like, why are you wanting to have all this food like at this or whatever it is? I don't know because it's a trial. So this I've enrolled five people. I said four, but I've got five um, people that are going to be doing the challenge um, free of charge. Uh, and this is a challenge that I'm going to actually... I'm going to put it up quite high price as well. And I think the more people see the commitment to like a higher number, they're more committed as well. Absolutely. So my supplements work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's, this is the first, like my first time and I didn't want to charge for something that I haven't done. Like I've done eight week challenges before, but this one, I know I've, I've already improved it because I'm actually full on checking in with them each week and have like a group on my Trainerize app, Facebook, lives as much as i can so all these little things and i'm going to be learning from the clients as well but a lot of it is yeah that first two it i only just figured it out today like two weeks i need to know where you're at or else Mm -hmm. we can't just i I don't want to just go all right here are your macros just cut from this like and i'm sure you're the same you're like what am i dealing with first (laughs) like you know what i mean before you do anything you you need to know what's kind of What's their mindset around food? What 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 they've tried in the past? Why they want to do this challenge right now? Because there's obviously a pain point happening. Why they actually wanted to to sign up? So you just got to find what that is, and then see if they're actually ready to go into uh, a more aggressive diet. And we just work back. And the whole thing is like lose six percent of your body weight in six weeks. That's kind of my um, not guarantee, but like if I was to put it out there for the challenge it will be that will be the guarantee lose six percent of your body weight in six weeks and if you don't i'll work with you until you do and then we can yeah. go from there um and you just work out the math from this the six percent of what their body weight is but a lot of it is yeah working with their mindset around food and stuff because they know that you know you got to be eating less and you know mm-hmm. but it's where are you not eating less and most people know where where they're not and it could just be i swear i'm you know hitting these calories but it's not until you like dig a little bit deeper and you're like oh maybe i didn't consistently hit that number you know yeah i'm i'm doing this amount of calories but maybe not every day and then the, that adds up and then yeah it could just be adding more stress onto you and then you just forget don't have a day or two tracked and then there goes your deficit but yeah a lot of it is going to be working around the mindset and that's why I love video calls with people as well so I can see their expression see how they're feeling seeing if they're bought in to what I'm telling them like if I said to you all right this is the six weeks this is your macros any questions 
you'd be like, uh, yeah, like, what do I do? Like, what else? How do I track all this kind of stuff? And it's like, nah, easy is just like single ingredient, whole foods. I'll be there with support. If you need a call, if you need a text, if whatever, I'll be there 24-7 in the group chat, in the whatever. But it's like pretty basic. Just I want you to just eat whole foods. And then I've just got a few parameters of I want you to be in bed like at least seven hours. Um, I want to at least protein in every meal. Um, I've got like the 80-90% rule as well. The first two weeks is 90% and then I'm going to just bring it back for that 80% because at the start, I know people are more committed and you, then you can kind of not pull off the gas a bit, but I think if you start off with that 90% at the start, people will continue that. Like if they don't eat shit for two weeks, the next few weeks are going to be a lot easier than if they were had that, I guess, freedom to start off the challenge with that and they could easily creep in. I know what I'm like, so I'm just trying to work with their psychology as well and, and what that person is like. The The first two weeks tells a lot. So I really like that you're doing that first two weeks like that. So pretty much I, I do the same thing. So the first two weeks, I, I pretty much make no changes. So I set the calories at um, maintenance or what I predict to be their maintenance. And unless they lose a crazy amount of weight or gain a crazy amount of weight, I don't make any changes to that first calories at that at that first check-in. It's literally, I'm just wanting to see your habits and behaviors, what food choices you are making. I put zero parameters around food choices. I'm like, just try and be as close to these, this target or range as possible. And you learn a lot about eating behaviors, when they eat, what they eat, how much they eat. Um, another one I don't do, a step target. So I literally don't step, set one for the first week. I do set one for the second week. Now, the reason I set one for the second week is I want to see, are they someone that if I set them a task, they're going to go and do it? Mm. If in that second week I can see they go and do it, then I'm like, hmm, maybe future tasks that I set, I need to be, I need to pull back a little bit because they're not as likely to hit that task because I set them a task in week two. It's the only task that I've set them other than their training program and they didn't accomplish it. So I need to pull back on my expectations with this person because they're less likely to hit tasks. Whereas if they go out and smash it, I'm like, okay, I can give them more because they're more likely to do it. So I've that two weeks is it's, it's really pivotal. And that's the way to, for those listening, this is the way to tell between a coach that wants, wants you to succeed long-term or just wants results for their Instagram to create a, a great transformation photo, mm. a coach that wants results long-term and sustainable results that you can, keep for the rest of your life will be more patient and it will be a slower process and they'll want to know the way you tick they'll want to know behaviors they'll want to know why you chose this food they'll ask these questions in that first two weeks and then they can make changes from there that's more um, in line with the kind of person you are whereas someone else may be like follow this follow this follow this follow this and if you do this you'll get this end result within the six weeks and they'll bang put you into this aggressive deficit straight away because they know that you'll get they'll get buy-in because you'll see results instantly and they try and get this result but then you're left with just following this regimented plan and not learning about yourself on the way so that's the real difference between a coach that wants sustainable results long term and one that's just like i just want to drive up my business get these crazy transformation photos and move on long term so yeah, I, I was just curious as to the way you were running a six week, why you did six week. I uh, wasn't sure if it was like, I've got six weeks to Europe, so I need to cram it in before then or, or, or not. <laughs> that but plays yeah, a part, I, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I really like that you're taking that 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 first two weeks and you're just saying, look, I want majority of your food to be whole foods. I just want to see how you tick and then bang, I can. I, we, I just want buy-in for four weeks essentially. Mm-hmm. And buying in for four weeks instead of six is again, much easier. easier. It's like, mm-hmm. um. 
I'm just learning these habits. And when you lay out that expectation, this is where coaches can get unstuck. They don't lay out that expectation of the first two weeks. We're not expecting to see any changes. We're, we're just going to learn about you and the way that you tick. When that's a, uh, um, communicated effectively, it removes the expectation of like, I should be seeing results right now. And even if someone goes up, like I, I can have people go up even a kilo in that first two-week period. I'm like, okay, so maybe they've been in a slight sur- surplus and I've got their predicted maintenance wrong. They've ticked all these parameters. They've, they've been pretty good. Then I can make changes and then be like, okay, so you gained a weight and you just got to eff- effectively communicate it. So this is for people to listen out and, and be like, oh, what do I want from my coach? What am I getting from my coach? Is this, is this does this align with uh, what, the, what the boys are talking about? And I'm not saying that like, not going... We're such great coaches. <laughs> you do that. I'm I'm not doing that, but this is just things to look out for. And there there are coaches that are um, in it for money and trying to mm-hmm. just generate the great tra- crazy transformation picture. And there are coaches that are in it just to try and help people and and add to their life and their quality of life and make happier and healthier humans. So there's this distinct difference between the two and their approaches are different. I'm not saying one is necessarily good or bad, but there is distinct differences between the two. So I just wanted your mindset and and why you chose the the six weeks there. Mm. Yeah, whether you, you had it, <laughs> and yeah, okay. Europe is right there as well. Um, okay, but it's also throughout the challenge as well. I will be drilling into them that this is just like a four week blitz, and then after this four weeks, we need to come up to maintenance just to give yourself like everything just to bring you bring yourself like back to homeostasis a little bit and then see where you're at from there like this is a long-term thing and obviously going to give them a lot of resources this podcast i'm going to be making more videos as well that i can send to them little ebooks and stuff checklists and everything so it's i'm also learning the process of how i want it to run getting feedback from them as well of like i would really like this because i'm struggling with this right now and then I can just like make it and it and it'll help me as well. So then each time I do it, it will improve. But yeah, the end goal is I want you to have and learn that sustainable habit. So it's just a lot easier than going, Oh, I can just do Brad's program for six weeks and then lose all this weight and I'm and I'm good. And it's like unfortunately it doesn't work like that. There are maybe some freaks out there that may just hear everything I say or we say and then just do it and it's all sweet. But nine times out of 10, psychology with people is a lot different. And it's just, you're also that coaching client relationship as well. It takes a little bit of time mm-hmm. to know and how to work together of like, when they see this, do they actually mean what they say there? Like, cause it takes a while, like depending on the person, it does take a little bit just to open up a bit more and be vulnerable. And that's why I try and have a space for my clients to open up Um and really, because once once you know what's actually going on, then you can have more empathy for them to m- move them forward. And maybe not they're not ready for this such aggressive diet um, in the future because it's like I've tried this before, and this is why I just I just I can't lose the weight. I just can't. It's because of this. And then going going in that with that mindset, it's just it's not a winning formula. So you kind of go to just peel back the onion a bit of go, all right, what's going on here? Why do you, why do you think that? And, and go from there. So it is, it's a good process. I like the six weeks. Yes. It's cutting it right before Europe, but I always had the six week in mind. Okay. So I just wanted to start it then. So I do have the six weeks with everyone and then 
after I come back from Europe, see where I'm at with these people that are participating um, and then try and either bring them on or at least give them resources that they can go along for themselves. Cause yeah, you can learn a lot in six weeks, but there's a lot more to learn over a long, longer period of time. Forever doing the work. and 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 that's that's with everything that's with with mindset with learning about the way that you tick with we mentioned earlier in the podcast talking about like being secure in yourself you've got to forever be doing the work it's a lifelong lifelong pursuit anyway let's take a complete left turn do you have a random fact for me man i do let's let's lighten this up a little bit yeah all right (laughs) all right let's go okay so in beijing china in 2010 there was a notorious traffic jam. So it didn't, it consisted for like continuous period of like nine to 10 days. So yeah, it stretched for like a hundred Ks with like the congested move at like a kilometer per day, apparently. So it was just like extreme weather, like high temperatures. And then there's just a lot of, a lot of people in the, in, in China over there as well. So it's crazy. There was like road construction, a lot, of, a lot more like vehicles, bottlenecks, standstills. So it's pretty crazy. <laughs> that is one hell of a traffic jam, a kilometer yeah. a day. So people yeah. would have been sleeping in their cars, I suppose, getting Uber Eats on little scooters to pop up to their car. Well, this this was 2010, so I don't know if Uber was around back then. Ah, true. I, I know the cops came came around and did give people food and drinks and stuff. <laughs> like crazy, absolute madness. Because you couldn't leave your car, right? Because then you'd just be adding to the traffic jam because you've left a stationary car there. Yeah, it was crazy, and like. Depending on where you hear from, it says like it, like over the 10 days, over the nine or 10 days, but some say several days, but I guess it depends on what you consider, you know, it could have lasted all that long, but some people were maybe in it for several days. Yeah. But yeah. It's, I was like, what the hell? I have to read more into this. <laughs> okay. Well, animal fact for you. Of course. Uh, reindeers. Hmm. Did you know that their eyeballs turn blue in winter to help them see at lower light levels? Interesting. No, I did not know that. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, they're also uh, so so in summer their eyeballs are more like a like a golden color, mm. but yeah, they turn they turn blue. And no other mammal on Earth is known to have this ability of switching the color of their eyeballs to help them see in different levels of light. So That's I cool. found that quite in, quite interesting. Yeah, seeing a yeah. reindeer and bang blue blue eyeballs. Yeah. That that's that's interesting. Like, I know first time I went on a date with the missus, she had green eyes, and now I see her all the time with blue eyes. So she's like, "Yeah, it was the mascara I was wearing or something. The way it was, the light was hitting it or something. It changed the color of her eyes. It's fucking. It was a trip. It was a trip. Yeah. And you know those people that have like different colored eyes as well. It's like uh-huh. he- hetero something. I can't remember what it's called, but yeah, that's pretty fucking." Whack as well. Imagine that. <laughs> yeah, but changing changing your eye color to deal with different light levels is mm. is blowing my mind. But I, I have known of people too before with like the green and blue, or like a hazel mm. and like a darker brown, mm-hmm. and it's to do with like reflection of light and the way it's mm-hmm. in their eyes or something. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, crazy. How good. Alrighty, enough of our shit chat. Let's get stuck into some <laughs> questions. Let's do it. <laughs> before we get to the questions, I just want to ask a small favor of you. 
If you could leave us a five-star review and share this episode with family, friends, or to your Instagram stories, we would really appreciate it. It helps the podcast grow, get into more people's ears, and costs nothing but two seconds of your time. Thanks for listening and your continued support. I hope you enjoy the rest of this episode. Question number one. Do you always program full body, even for four, five, six-day-a-week programs? Yeah, no, it's just full body for everyone. Just like old, young. No, of course not. It's uh, <laughs> programming is it's uh, it's a two way street. It's like, all right, what have you done before? Uh, what are your favorite exercises? Can you even do these exercises? Um, how many days a week are you doing? Like, if you're doing one day a week, full body. Two day a week, mm-hmm. full body. Three day a week, preferably full body. Um, but you can still get away with maybe an upper lower full body or something like that um, or push pull legs and then just on rotation. Um, but then when you start to go for the four, five, six, that's where I don't go full body as much. It depends on the person. You could probably still get away with it um, on the four days. But when you start to hit five days, sometimes it's better just to split it. You could do like half body. So it'd be like... Um, so the whole back, so like back and then you go hamstrings kind of deal and then you've got your chest and then your quads area like that or upper lower, upper lower, upper lower, um, all that kind of stuff. But no, I don't always program full body. I pref- As long as I'm, so the principle of like building muscle, we want to hit the muscle group at least twice a week. So as long as you're programming for that, allowing enough recovery in between muscle groups as well, it doesn't really matter too much about how you structure it, but when you do go to those that six day, it, it it can get a lot of interference, and you don't you just don't need like what is it like if you're doing four or five sets over six days every time you go into the gym, you know what's that like thirty sets on every single muscle group that would take you fucking forever. So yeah, <laughs> like sometimes it's just not feasible. Like you don't want to be in the gym for what some people might want to be in the gym for like two hours, but yeah, it's very case dependent, but no, I don't always program full body for people. I am almost exactly the same as you one, two day a week, pretty much always full body. I cannot really think of a time that it's not. Um, When it gets to three, it's, I'd say probably 50, 50 full body. The other split I like is the one that you mentioned upper, lower full body. However, I do have a couple of people that um, some <laughs> Some are really focused on aesthetics of a particular body part. So it's like a full body, a full body. And then it's literally just the aesthetics and just really focusing on that one body part and just glutes. As much volume. Or arms. It, 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 it may be. If I've got a guy that I uh, do two full body and then one is like literally just arms and or, or just shoulders and, and arms. And it's just literally focused on that part because he says he wants bigger shoulders and bigger arms. And he really likes training shoulders and arms together. So I do that as a case of... Um, giving the client what they want whilst also giving them what they need in the two mm. full body sessions. So you've got to mm. find that that balance. When it gets to four days, uh, I, that's where I move away from full body and I pretty much don't program full body four days or higher. The only way there'd be a full body is if I did like a push, pull, legs, full body. But usually it's upper, lower or push, pull and it's the exact same push, pull that you said. So it'd be like a half body split. So the back half, posterior chain and then the front half, anterior chain. Um Five days, that's when it gets a little bit funky. I don't really have too many people that do over five days. It's it's pretty much four days and under for most people. So, yeah, it's it's full body one, two, three. It 
case dependent on who I'm talking to. I'd say it's probably 50-50 with full body. And above three, I don't program any any full body. I, I have fears of people running into like a, a too much volume or accumulating too much fatigue for a particular body part because I try and stick to the squat, hinge, lunge, push, pull, rotate, um, gate sort of principle mm. when designing a full body session structure. So if, if they're doing some sort of squat movement four times a week, it, you're likely to run into a bit of fatigue there. Same with a hinge. If you're doing a hinge four times a week, you're probably likely to run into a bit of fatigue. Plus there's only so many hinging movements you can do, right? Mm. RDL, good morning, back extension. <laughs> On <Hip> repeat thrust. <laughs> yeah. Uh, see, I, I regard that as a, a bridge thrust. So I regard them as different. So if I was, if I was designing a leg session, I'd go squat, Hinge, bridge, thrust, lunge, right. knee flexion, knee extension. They are probably hinge as well, but but yeah, I, mm. I don't know. Too many guys are like, I really want a hip thrust. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait to get my hip thrust up. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you do look a little awkward doing it, but hey, that's all right. Got to build those glutes, don't you? Booty gains. Uh, question number two. What's some tips for approaching social events whilst dieting? Just don't go to them. <laughs> Fuck them off, mate. <laughs> I'm being learn, serious. Le- like. le- learn how to say no. You, yeah, say, just... you, say, you, you say no that much that you no longer get invited. and then Exactly. Done. You yeah. never have to worry about social events ever again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and why, are you no. di- why are you dieting when there's social events as well? Honestly, <laughs> just, just don't diet. But I think this is where the problem lays as well when it comes to dieting of people. I'll go like even talking to people about this six week challenge of one of the questions, because I had a prerequisite questionnaire before people could actually enter the program because I don't want, and that's me setting the expectation out the front. So people have in their head, okay, this is what I'm expected to do for this program. If you cannot meet these expectations, then this isn't the program for you. And people are like, oh, you should just let me in anyway. Like, no, like, this is a specific program and with a specific result that I want and you need to hit these minimums or else that's it. So, and that's just laying out the ex- expectation out at the front set. So then people will get the results. But like one of the questions is, are you um, not, are you going to like, are you going to be in the country for six weeks? So like, while well, people might be going like not oh, traveling, traveling um, or and then when they and I talk to them and they're like, "Oh, do I have a social event on this weekend and stuff?" It's like you're always going to have something on. There's always going to be someone's birthday and event, and it's just like, look, it's only six weeks, and this is like that mindset around dieting of like, th- there's always going to be something on. So it's like you can either just pick one of like, all right, this is like like summer. That's perfect example of like. You know, summer is a time where a lot more people socialize because it's beautiful weather and you can go out. And that's why I prefer dieting mainly like just before summer or throughout winter, which is what we're doing now. But because we're going to Europe, it's going to be summer there. So you're going to enjoy yourselves. But like you're always going to have something on. So anyway, we'll get that out the way when you're dieting. But it's like (laughs) some tips for approaching social events when you are there. First one is like, okay, the alcohol is going to be the biggest one. So you either like have no alcohol or very, very low, low alcohol, or just have like, I have like Pepsi Max with lime in it sometimes and it makes it seem like I'm having a 
a a drink or whatever it, because you when you're at social events you it feels like you need something in your hands well it, it does for me anyway and i know people are like oh i just want to have a drink in my hand it's like yeah well it doesn't have to be alcoholic like they've even got non-alcoholic beers and stuff but it's like you gotta go into it of like all right how long is this dieting like if it's only six weeks then maybe just like not go or if you actually have to go that's when you have to prepare of like all right I'm not going to have like food up to a certain point in time of like, I'm just going to skip breakfast. So then I'm going to have more calories for later on and that, but there's, there's so many different tips, but it's also, I think I, I want to really drill down on more the mindset around going into the social event of like, it's okay to have a cake. Like you're not going to blow out on one day unless you're like getting drunk at every, every weekend for everyone's social event. So it's like, he can choose. It's like, Jimmy lost a tooth, so we've got to celebrate him getting a new tooth. Like, fucking no. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, use some common sense when it comes to the what social event it is. Like, if it's a wedding or a Bucks, fair enough. But yeah, if it's because it's Friday night beers and, you know, power got up or something, probably you don't need to drink. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So I know I went on a bit wisely. of a tangent. Yeah, and I'm sure you'll give some great tips, but I just wanted to drill more on the mindset around the social events of like going into it of like you're dieting that's what you're doing right now but have a little bit of leeway when it comes to certain certain events so to reiterate on you and correct me if i'm wrong here but it's just there will always be something on like you'll mm. all, you're always going to have a social event there's always something it's someone's birthday it's christmas it's easter it's uh, the weekend, footy grand, <laughs> yeah, footy grand final weekend. Like, there's, there's, there's yeah. always going to be some sort of social event on. So, that's that's the point that you're really trying to drill home here. Now, to actually give some tips. So, if you know that you have social events on pretty much nearly every weekend, make your calorie deficit larger during the week to yeah. give yourself more calories for the weekend. That's tip number one. Tip number two: on the day of the event, maybe fast, skip breakfast, or just have protein, like an egg white omelet, and then just have. Um, a lean protein sauce and a salad for lunch and give yourself a huge buffer dinner. Tip number three, don't snack. So if there's like a little cheese board, dips, stuff like that, if it's not a whole meal, don't eat it. Tip number four, alcohol. Try and avoid it as much as possible. If you are drinking one or two, know your limit, set a limit, stick to it. (laughs) Tip number five, eat protein beforehand. So you're less likely to overeat if you've consumed some protein beforehand and make sure you've hit your protein needs before you go to the event, any protein on top of it. If you're going to overeat, you'd rather overeat on protein. They are the main tips that I would give as to how to tackle a social event. So buffer beforehand, buffer on the day, um, avoid snacking, avoid liquid calories and protein before you go. Mm. And that way you, you because protein is satiating will help give you the feeling of fullness and you'll be less likely to overeat but your intention beforehand we've talked about mindset a lot on this podcast your mindset beforehand going in is going to be so pivotal like is this an event that i need to drink for or want to drink for no okay i'm not going to and then because you've got this stack of undeniable proof that you are who you say you are when you're on you're on then you stick to it and you adhere to your word if you don't adhere to your word then it's very easy to that trickle into other parts of your life and be like ah oh, I can have this here because, you know, I, I can do that. Mm. So if you say if you say you're going to do something, stick to it, but just know beforehand heading in your mindset leading in because there will always be something on, like you said. Yeah, exactly. And even scheduling like a, a training session the day before, 
knowing that you have to like lift or meet someone at the gym that would stop you from drinking just that little bit much or even driving to the event knowing that okay i can still have a couple and then just not go overboard and get absolutely blotto <laughs> because i've got to drive now so there there's some great tips there but uh yeah it is it is that mindset going in and if you find yourself oh i've always got to drink to be around people and social socialize like that that's I, I guess talk to someone about that because that's obviously an underlying issue that needs to be addressed yeah why do you uh why are you having anxiety in social situations if that's what you're using the alcohol for to remove that anxiety <laughs> question number three what are some signs your calories are too low during a cut yes well well if your calories are too low well on the on the women's side it would be you've lost your menstrual cycle that's just your calories are just way too low. Your body fat's percentage is way too low. You're irritable. You're just like snappy all of a sudden and you don't know why. It's probably your calories are too low. You got low energy. You're sleeping like shit. Maybe breaking out with some skin rashes or something. There's a lot of signs and symptoms that your calories are too low. You're, mm. you're absolutely like starving and you're very food focused. I think that's also a big one of like everything looks delicious on your plate like <laughs> and i think just having that mindset around you can have that if you want so it does come down to low calories but sometimes what's low calorie for someone is just normal calories for someone else so just be mindful of like what you actually think low calories is so looking for these signs and symptoms of like okay i am cutting my calories um and now i've got a massive rash on my uh chest and I've been waking up with insomnia for the last three or four nights. It's like, yeah, maybe you need to just up your calories a little bit, just eat at maintenance, maybe slightly above, just back off some training, reduce that stress because it's a massive stress on your body if you're going into a deficit. So I would be mindful of a few of those things as well. You've got to be in tune with your own body because your body will send you the signs. You've just got to be able to see them, like not walking around being like, what what sign? Am I low calorie? Like just walking around <laughs> clueless like a zombie. You've got to you've got to be in tune with your body to see them. You mentioned pretty much all of them. There's one that you didn't mention, and that is if you have a partner and your partner is like, Hey babe, how about we get a little bit frisky? And you're like, Ugh. Ah, yes, of course. So much energy. So if you've got low libido and <laughs> the thought of being intimate with your partner is like, that's gonna require a lot of energy. Your calories are too low. <laughs> your body's sending you this sign of look don't reproduce <laughs> conserve that energy just so you can live so that's one that i would add to the list but yeah you rather them pretty much all off so you probably won't be made of motivated to train or have a drive to train uh you'll be irritable you'll uh, have trouble sleeping um you'll have that low libido uh you'll be tired groggy you won't be able to think clearly the signs are there you've just got to be aware of them and not ignore them which is what lots of people do. It's like, I'm dieting. I'm just going to ignore this sign that's right there in front of my face. I'm just going to push through because this is what you have to do to lose weight. Like your, your body's telling you this for a reason and giving you this feedback for a reason. It's so you can start to eat more calories and <laughs> be a, a, a better functioning, a more optimal functioning human. So yeah, that, that was the only one you missed was mm. the, the low, low libido aspect because I've been there when my calories have been too low when I had a partner. She was like, hey, how are you doing? 
Mm-hmm. And I was like, I am tired. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're looking your best. You're looking your most aesthetic ever and you just yeah. don't want to do anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that that's 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 a big one to look out for. And the 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 final one, which is for our female listeners, is the loss of menstrual cycle. That's a that's a clear indicator of oh, yeah. um um uh, harboring another life is too much of a tax and too energy sapping for you right now. So you lose your lose your period and the releasing mm-hmm. of the egg. So you, you lose the ability to reproduce essentially. But yeah, the signs are there. It's just being in tune enough with your body and realizing them and not choosing to ignore them, which is quite mm-hmm. common. Yeah, just it push is. Push through, just push through. Dieting's meant to be hard. It's going to be so hard. Oh, um, uh, no pain, no gain. Like that, that whole mindset. It's like, no, your body's sending you these signs and signals for a reason. Let's, uh, let's woo up a bit, listen to them and make some changes and see how much better you can feel. Training will improve and you may be eating more, uh, naturally moving more, and you may actually end up losing more weight by, by eating more calories. You may be blown away by that. So yeah, don't ignore the signs. The signs are there. We rattle them off for you. Uh, don't be walking around with a blindfold on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think they're too low if you're asking this question, to be honest as well, because you're, you're maybe... <laughs> probably. Yeah, probably like feeling a few of these signs and you're just like oh is it too low like what do i need to find out like just you want to double check with us to see you know if it's actually the calories are too low or or what and sometimes you want some need form a, of confirmation bias yeah, yeah you just need to bump <laughs> them up it's not it's not time to right now if you're feeling too shit like yes you're gonna feel tired and stuff and all that jazz but yeah if it's chronic like that just bump them up give yourself some time and then reset mindset and then you'll be right. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned that at the end. Like you will feel a little bit of hunger. You will feel a little bit of low energy because you're essentially slowly starving yourself in order to use uh, excess fat you have on your body for fuel. But there's a big difference. You mentioned food focused earlier. That's the key. Like if you're constantly thinking about food, then you're more than just hungry. It's like, it's an insatiable, your body's giving you this insatiable, give me food, give me food, give me food. We're starving here. So that's the difference. Like a little bit of low hunger every now and then, like just before your usual eating windows, totally normal. And you are going to have a little bit of low energy. You may not have quite the highest sex drive as usual. They are going to dip a little bit, but if it's drastic, you will probably know and you'll probably be aware. Just don't ignore them. That's it. Okay. So that's a wrap for the questions. Now, if you want your questions answered in the future, make sure you are following us at brain.body.movement, at Brad Dapper and at Brock underscore Douglish. And you can ask us a question whenever we put up a sticker box or send us a DM. But that's all for today's episode. We just want to say thank you so much for listening to us. If you enjoyed or took any value at all from this episode, we would really appreciate it if you took a screenshot and shared to your Instagram stories. We would also love if you shared it with family and friends and left us a five-star review. And don't forget to turn on post notifications so you don't miss an episode in the future. But before we go, if we can leave you with a few things, make your damn bed, get your steps in, and be kind to one another. Cheers. Hope he's recording. Okay, we'll go again. Fuck. Because I was like, fuck, I hope he's, he's got oh, this man. and I'll just chime in now and the audio is good at the start. Yeah. Anyway, let's, so go, quick. let's go. I mean, I recorded it on my, I recorded it on my phone. Oh, so we... fuck. That's okay. I nailed that too. I know. Fuck it up. All right, here we go.